FMX Network production. You cast me, I'll complete me till death do all part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man. What's up? This is Dark Side for the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp Mux Wrap-Up Show, the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp Mux Show with a couple guests. But first, let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires as a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motosport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit pulpmexshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the Pulpmex Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the Pulpmex Show or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to darkside at pulpmex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. These fucking assholes from screenshotting the AMA rulebook yeah. with the part about a staggered start. Yeah, which does not that, apply. That clearly says you cannot race if you got a red flag. However, this was not a staggered start, and I got on my fucking Instagram 15 yeah. screenshots of the AMA is just doing this just because it's monster, just because oh, Mitch Payton. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's the wrong rule. Yeah. This is yeah. where we ended up in. This is where we end up in 2021. This is wrong. Everyone's this an is, expert. This is fake news. Yep. You are not reading this right because you are too stupid. Smart. I invite him to ride. We we ride at our buddy's track, and yeah. he shows up every time with something. Yeah, no, no, up. he's a disaster. Oh, it's a disaster. It is. It is a disaster. We just he can't cook hamburgers. Do so, you really have to read all this stuff every time? Yeah. Wow. Well, they pay me. And look, I think that these bigger tracks I think some of the things he's really good at. They don't apply necessarily on this track. It exposes some of the weakness. Fuck you. You suck. Fuck you. Like you're sketchy. Like you're. 
dangerous. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, sorry, bro. Like I crossroaded. it. like my bad, whatever. And he's like, fuck you. You suck. I'm like, well, all right. Like, fuck you too. Then if you're getting lapped, you don't have to pull over. It's a, it's a blue flag to tell you the leaders are coming, not pull over. Flag. Maintain your spot. How do we do this show without all this? But it's too much. What's too much to talk about the sponsors this much. A Ray boner air. I, Highly, highly side with JT on on this, and oh Steve does God, not. Dude. You do not get vibe. that vibe. The vibe with vibe. Vibe. who cares about vibe and fireworks? Dude, you jerk offs when you can see great racing on a speedway. Nobody's buying said more logos than JJ. I heard wise words this week. It's never over, so still going. I think <laughs> you're gonna do the wrap-up show this week, Phil. Huh? You got to call Dark Side and spend an hour on him talking about the show. An hour? Yeah. What if you go to an area and you get handed to you by people you've never Th- heard of? That right? happens all the time. Dude, I'd give Greco my bonus. And then we're like, well, that'd be a lot of money, right? I'm like, that ruined Greco's life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need a hundred grand. Or yeah, no, what is? My red, right. The red flags really aren't red flags. It's just like chicks making them red flags when they're really not. Somebody compared the racers of today to gladiators and you were like, they wear skinny jeans and they drink mochas and yeah. whatever. You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're like, they ride no. electric scooters. Did you read that? Alright, what is up? A lot of good content this week on the Pulp Mook Show. I'm Darkside from the show that should not be mentioned, the Moto X Pod Show. Here for yet another episode of the Pulp Mix wrap-up show. This week it's show 461 live from JGR headquarters in North Carolina. First, uh, let me introduce the man behind the man, the man to thank for the live stream video, the app and Pulp Mix Fantasy actually functioning most of the time, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires, Mr. Travis Marks. What up? I like how you had to, you had to throw the most of the time in there. It's really nice. I like that. Well, it's actually been really good this year, but the last couple of years, you know, Anaheim 1's been a little sketchy. Yeah, that's all right. Last year was fine, too. Was it la- okay, I thought it was two last couple of years where we had some issues, but we're like uh, we're, we're two and two right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take that fifty percent ratio and run with it. Well, then if you know if we take like the way Steve does the percentage pies, he'd probably exaggerate it. It would be like eighty percent of the time it doesn't work. And <laughs> but but anyway, Travis, how you doing, man? I'm good, good. Pumped to do this. Uh, I think it was a a really good show, even considering no video and being remote. So I'm pumped to to wrap it up i i agree it was a good show also on the line the man who takes your calls most of the time also brought to you by guts racing the producer talon taylor what is up talon hey dark side what's up not a lot man great to uh talk to you guys excited to get this thing going uh kind of a short turnaround for me this week on this show but uh hey like you said travis we had another live remote show no callers no video I don't know, man. For me, it's a bummer sometimes to have it that way. And I think some of the the YouTube listeners, I, I don't know if you're paying attention, like just w- listening on YouTube, there's some people that were kind of irritated. But, of course, there's always people irritated no matter what the situation is. It's better than not having a show at all. Yeah, and and I do pay attention because I'm, I'm kind of watching the live stream and uh, hooking up to YouTube and stuff. And I always see those comments like, how hard can it be to set up a camera and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, but uh, it's it's a bit of a process. There's a bit of, of work that goes into it. And honestly, it's, it's 2021. Everyone needs to complain about something, but yep. just having the show, uh, just having the show is good. I think, you know, it's, it's not always easy for him to do it remote. And so you got to, I don't want to blow Steve here, but you got to admire the, uh, the work he does to, to make it happen. 
So, and like I said, I think it was really good. I think even without, or maybe because of no callers, the show was really good. Maybe that's what we'll go with. Uh, but I think it was really good. So yeah, it absolutely gives it a different dynamic, a different feel. Talon, I mean, it's it's less work for you. I mean, I guess you're not technically. Do you have to do anything when Steve's on remote? No, no, I don't have anything to do when he's remote. Okay, so just just Marks is still busy, but yeah, like Travis said, uh, or you know, I guess how difficult is it to take cameras? Well, you still got you got to have good Wi-Fi. You got to make sure the the connections are right. I mean, it takes it takes some different equipment, an extra bag to put on your plane. Yeah, and it. I mean, Steve brings a lot of stuff. I mean, he brings his roadcaster podcasting it's basically like a mixer and all the mics and all the headphones and it's just extra stuff and i don't know i mean look dude i'm glad we got a show right he could have just said no show too busy but we got some stuff man it was uh an early start time guys like marks for me the and the of course the east coast guys that's a game changer it was five o'clock my time like i got home changed my clothes real fast and it was showtime yeah it is weird it, it throws it throws you a for a loop, you know, when it you get that notification uh, when it comes out that early, it throws off my whole schedule because I'm not even done working on my work stuff at, at three o'clock here. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but I definitely saw some feedback. You see, you see the like I said, you see the chat, you see the people commenting, and you get some East Coasters that are freaking pumped that it's only six o'clock and the show is starting because they, they get to see more of it live. I think or, or listen to more of it live, which I think they enjoy. So. Absolutely. Talent, how about, does the time difference affect you at all in your job, the way things go? You're at, you're at the bike shop, so, I mean, does it matter? Yeah, I so I ended up just turning on the YouTube feed and just having it play through my speaker, and I was doing a set of forks just listening to the show, so it was fine for me. I'm usually listening to a podcast or music anyway, so right on. I just tuned in. Doing a set of forks with some race tech? Yep, some race tech forks. Yep. Pulp 21 to save. Pulp 21 to save. All right, well, this week on episode 461, everybody's pretty much in studio other than A-Ray was on the phone and JT was on the phone. We had Weege, J-Bone, Justin Brayton, Filthy Phil, Sethro shows up at the end. Um, a really good cast of characters. And, man, as I said, they're at JGR, Travis, not Weege's house. <laughs> they brought that up. Screaming kids. Steve doesn't want anything to do with that. Could have been at Weege's house. But uh, and Steve could have stayed at Weege's house, but he he didn't want nothing to do with those kids. Yeah, I think you you kind of see the I don't know if anti kid is the right the right phrase, kind of right. You know, yeah. if you don't have kids, I wouldn't say he's. So. I don't feel like he's anti kid, but I don't know that. No. I just feel like he's uh, he's not good with kids. He's not comfortable with kids. Right. I, well, I, I mean, he's just used to not having them around. Yeah. Right? You, you get you get so used to to things being you know it's just him and his wife a quiet house you can kind of do as you please you don't have any other responsibilities as far as taking care of a kid and and you know you get used to that so when you get thrown for a loop uh it's kind of the same with me like i go to my my in-laws house and my nieces and nephews are running around and and, and it's it's tough to adjust dude. Sure, sure. Lie, but but so talent though but how much like I think it would have been pretty damn hilarious had they tried to do two things. Had they tried to do the show from Weege's house or just if Steve had stayed the night at Weege's house, we'd have got a lot of good stories or content out of that. Yeah. Even just, I don't think Steve ever would have been down to do the podcast there right. just because all the background noise would have just sure. driven him absolutely insane. But yeah, staying a night there and anytime they do anything together, there's some sort of a story. So, you know, you know, there would have been something that came out of it. Yeah, for sure. All right, so again, at JGR, J-Bone's in. And Steve really wanted to get J-Bone to open up about JGR closing their doors. 
And to get in some of the dirt almost, like, I mean, he didn't really say that, but, you know, that's really, he wanted some story, some background story. Uh, and J-Bone was like, hey, man, you can ask me. I may not answer. I don't really want to talk about it. Uh, but then he did sort of talk about it just a little bit. You're not doing the uh, tell-all no. book about the industry and how you guys got screwed and this no. thing's all jacked up. You can't blame and, it on one person. And you hear these complaints about our sport should do this, and if this person didn't do this, we'd be so much better off. Here, you guys are involved in a totally different racing organization, which is bigger, more successful, NASCAR. It's not perfect either. No, nowhere is. We, no. we, we had meetings with Felder, and he said, here's what they do in, in NASCAR. This is, you know, some ideas, but not it, that doesn't mean it's going to fix our sport either. They're totally yeah. different. Every team is out for every you only. Yeah. Every rider, they yep. nothing yep. is we. No. Like exactly. even even when you have a guy on your own team, you try you want to be loyal to them and you want them to be loyal to us, but really there's no loyalty anywhere. So how can you expect them to be loyal to just the team? Feld, they worry about them, right? right. So they sure. need a sponsor. They don't care if we get one, right. they need one. But and then we need one or we can't go the race. As I've said many times, rising tides raise all the boats. You know, and Fell is the one with the power to, to do this. And and look, I'm giving them a break. It's COVID. I haven't yeah. railed on them too much. But the whole problem in our sport is unlike NASCAR, where you have uh, Joe Gibbs and Rick Hendrick and Chip Ganassi and whatever else, all of them private businessmen, all of them investing their own money, all of them employing people, everything else. Yeah. We have you guys, Mitch Payton, Mike Genova, and then over here we have – there's no Mr. Honda. There's well, no Mr. Yeah, KTM. That's the problem. Like, you have no people that, that are in charge of a budget, Yeah, and there is, is it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And they think it's going to be there forever. Uh, OEMs are like, dude, whatever. We don't need We're that. Just going, we don't need that. Yeah. We're just going marketing. This now is you're marketing. just adding more paperwork and more hassle. Yeah. i got to hire three more people to manage this yeah. program. What is that doing for us? Yeah, the, the, yeah. you know, they just care about racing. Even for Feld, you know, the guys that are doing it, they, they have a boss. So they're doing what their boss says, yeah. just like yeah, I did yeah, what yeah. Coy yeah, wanted. Right. Like you can only do right. what your boss w- is willing to do. There's some people, those factory teams right now, that couldn't be any happier with zipped up tents and no fans. Oh, it's yeah, they love it. They love it. They love yeah. it. It's yeah. the best series there is. Yeah, so right. you Absolutely. Can't bag yeah. Too much yep. because. Yep. Where else are you going to go? That's um, why I used to tell everybody saying, else. And what I'm saying is, like, I know NASCAR people, and I've gone to NASCAR events. They do look at some things that dirt bike industry, whatever you call it, Supercross, Motocross, and they wish, oh, man, we should do that. Right. That's be- right. Nothing is perfect anywhere. Right. Yes. It's, always, it's too easy to be like, if we just did it like baseball, if we just did it like NASCAR, we would be awesome. Yep. They probably got people railing on stuff in there, too. All right, I'm going to go to you first, Talon. There's a lot to take from all that audio uh, Jay Bone, you know, not burning any bridges. He, he's generally pretty politically correct with his answers. I don't know if he actually has any hard feelings or anything, but I really appreciated the way he at least presented the thing to us. Um, kind of the business side, right? I mean, you know, and the fact that no loyalty. He, he just broke it down that there's so many different people involved. Uh, you know, hell, Feld's a business. We're a business. I, I thought it was really... It, it, I guess it gave me some information that I hadn't thought about in the way that he presented it. Yeah. Yeah. He brought really good information on the business side of the sport. And I liked that they, he was upset that, you know, the team had to end and he said that he didn't want to talk about it for, you know, up until this point, pretty much. He didn't want to come on the show, but I liked that He still left it open-ended, you know, that they might come back. And if the right situation, you know, they they're willing to come back. So I don't, it probably hurt having to shut down the team, but they're not bitter enough to where they're turning their backs on it completely. They still love it. Like he took his kid to Daytona for amateur day and 
there's still a passion for the sport. So, oh yeah, clearly yeah, good to see that. Yeah, I just appreciated that. It, I don't know. I guess it would have been entertaining if he was like, well, F failed and they did this and this per this team or this sponsor did us bad or whatever. But he wasn't. Yeah, man. He was, that's you just know, not. That's just not J Bone. He's no. He's more relaxed, calm. You know, collected with his thoughts. But I, I really like that he was like, hey, you know, even with our own riders, there's like no loyalty. So, you know, it's it's a business where everybody almost is out in it for themselves. And they went on to say, like, we need to do it, be together to be bigger and stronger. But that's just not the way it was. Uh, and Marks, Steve kind of hinted at that J-Bone had, he had heard J-Bone had had opportunity to like take over another team. And as usual, he gets the inside info. And even J-Bone seemed, he seemed really honestly surprised that J, that Steve knew that. Yeah, I, I think uh, from what I gather, that wasn't something that uh, J-Bone expected him to know. And it was only because, yeah. like, Steve, like Steve said, he only knew because of the other person that was supposedly leaving, I guess, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I'll leave that one there. I, I know I know too much. I don't want to get too many names. So. Oh, here we go again. This is like the RV, uh, the, the, the best <laughs> RV story ever that we didn't get to hear. I know. It's not, it's, it's not my place. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to upset anybody. So no, it'll, I get it. It'll 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 come out though, and uh, you'll see where that spot was, and <clears throat> whether it's surprising or not, maybe a different story. But yeah, you, you always you always wish you could just hear that stuff. Steve has said that he wishes he could just you know blow it out, but sure. he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to burn too many bridges, obviously. So got to keep some some relations good I guess, I guess yeah you know and that's actually a good point just speaking of Steve in the industry and and what his position is people think oh Steve's sort of uh what's the word I'm looking for like Steve will just say anything or doesn't care what people think or you know maybe Steve's unprofessional he goes cargo shorts but he knows what he's doing right he knows what he can say what he can't say even if he says something that seems a little Oh wow! I can't believe Steve just said that. Like he's pretty calculated and smart with the business side of for his business and and knowing what he can and can't say or should or shouldn't say. Yeah, for sure. And I think that comes with obviously the the many years that he's been doing this and and the relationships that he has with the people and he kind of knows when to you know maybe push the envelope a little bit and when not to. And then of course you're gonna have people saying that he's bought and paid for and. <laughs> you know, got orders from the top of what to say and whatnot, but that's yeah. a whole different story. But uh, of course, but it, it is it is interesting to see how he kind of navigates those situations and and what and when he spills info. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and Talon, of course, Steve's hanging out with his buddies. I keep saying it, JGR. Once again, he's propositioning somebody to buy Pulpamex. Didn't work with Thomas Victor. So let's let's move over to Coy Gibbs and J Bone and let's maybe maybe JGR pick it up, uh, but but uh, J Bone wasn't having it. No, J Bone wasn't having it. But he said there was a guy that contacted him and was trying to uh, get J Bone and J Bone and Coy to do something else. So he was trying. He was thinking maybe that guy would be interested. Yeah, but yeah, that was funny. He's yeah. always trying to sell it. But come on, I mean, look. Okay, yeah, Steve would sell it. I'm sure if somebody came up with the right number. But do you really think Steve wants to let go of the control of what he's built and how it's run? For the right price, he he probably would, but... Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. He'd probably still be doing something in the sport after. Even if he did sell it, he would start something new and do something else in the sport that he wants. I'll let you go here in a second, Marks, but like 
Thomas Victor had said when we were in Houston, like it, it's not Pulp MX without you, dude. He, Steve is Pulp MX. Like you could find, maybe he could find other hosts, but I mean, Steve is Pulp MX. It's like having Howard Stern show without Howard Stern. It's not going to be the same thing. It just won't, I don't know. Why would you buy it without Steve and doing his own thing? Marks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that always is the, is what it comes down to, right? Everyone always says, well, he's, he's kind of the product, you know, he's, he's, he's the face of it. He's what runs it. He, yeah. it's not, it's not really Pulp MX without Steve. And maybe you, maybe there's, you know, an argument to be made that you could just extract the Pulp MX show and, you know, separately. And then Pulp MX could be a, you know, a separate entity, sort of like Pulp MX fantasy is because Pulp MX fantasy. Yeah. You could, it's not tied to, it's not reliant on Steve, you know, but I think the Pulp Mix show itself um, it is what obviously is the main focus of Pulp Mix, and mm-hmm. that's what he's tied to. So yeah, uh, it's yeah. tough to it's tough to say, yeah, let's sell Pulp Mix, and, and Steve wants to get out. That's just not going to work. I, I I think you're 100 percent right. Uh, since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on seal savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the pulp the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. All right, uh, Marks, like the boys, uh, let's get into Cameron McAdoo stuff. Obviously, that's the big story of the night. It's all over social media. There's memes everywhere. McAdoo almost died. Uh, what were your thoughts? Just overall, like a, a brief summary of your thoughts when you saw that thing happen. I um, I don't remember last time I was watching a race, and I, and I kind of stopped what I was doing and was just in complete and utter shock yeah. uh, at what I was seeing. Like, one, I couldn't believe the crash had happened. Like, the crash was gnarly in itself. And that first shot where you think he went over the side of the, the tabletop, you know, we're like, oh, what what, are, what did we just watch? You know, And then they show the shot where he's laying up there, so you're a little relieved. And then, you know, you get into hearing him saying he wants to race. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how many times I just said to my wife I couldn't believe what was going on. And I, I think I was – this is probably too much info. I was like – I was naked getting ready to get in the shower. And I stood in front of the TV – and I was like, get my my ear all close up to the TV, like trying to listen to him say that he wanted to race and stuff. And I'm bare ass naked, like it, it was wild, dude. That's something that ha- hasn't happened, uh, something that extravagant, at least uh, in quite a while. And uh, whether you want to say it's good for the sport or whatever, that's a whole different topic. But dude, you gotta you gotta admire McAdoo, regardless of whether he should have been out there or not. You gotta admire it. And I think it was I think it was sweet. It was badass. Talon, would you agree? You got any different thoughts? No, it was just like, just an ultimate feel good story. Yeah. Like, I had chills almost watching it. Like, and when he pulled the whole shot with no number plate and <laughs> then overshot that rhythm, I mean, the whole thing is just sets the fastest lap of the race. Like, just insane. His bars were all bent. Like, I don't know. It was just insane ride. And yeah. probably, I don't know. He probably gained every fan that was watching it is now a fan of his last night. It would be hard <laughs> not to. Yeah, it'd be hard not to be. Yeah. Let's hear what everybody else had to say about it. So, and that impressed me, though. 
Oh, oh I, I, have, um, I, I couldn't believe it. And to ride like he did. It's amazing. So Stuart, go, That's Stuart level right there. Go let James our, Stuart. Of we all know it comes from him trying super hard. It was an all-time ride. If he had won the race, I told you, like, look, Doug Cabrera and the guys at Feld, yeah. if he had won the race, they honestly need to send it to Sports Center. I would have made Sports Center. I really believe that. If he won, yeah. it, it, here's this kid. He gets up. They could show them hot mic talking to the Alpine Star uh, Medic. Which was amazing. It was amazing. And then yeah. show the kid winning. That would make Sports Center. This was unbelievably spectacular and awesome. Yeah. But what this is is what we've all known yeah. about McAdoo. Yeah. His will, his commitment, Peace. his yeah. full send. Right. His, I'll do anything to win. Yep. Now the world has gotten to see it in the best, like, brightest possible way. <laughs> What's the middle finger for, Marks? Just, just making sure you're paying attention. Oh, yeah. I'm, look, I'm, yeah, I'm watching. <laughs> Getting the middle finger from Marks in the middle of the show. Threw me off a little bit, Talon. Uh, you're welcome. How about Talon? Stew level. That, wow. It's it's up there. Like, that was, that was probably more gritty than anything Stu ever did, honestly. Like, Stu would have these big crashes, but he would get up and he would look fine. Like McAdoo did not look fine. He was in pain oh, and he yeah. just pushed through. No, like, it, it was. Yeah, you're right. He he looked out of it. Um, it, man, the whole as you guys all said and they said it was just the grit. Totally surprised that he was even willing or able to line up. Uh, he could barely walk. Yeah, he gets on his bike and like is running second for most of the race. And you could tell like the halfway through, like. He was feeling it, but still to end up on the box is just insane. Dude, unbelievable. Um, so Steve, Tal, uh, Talon, Steve mentioned like it could have made Sports Center if he had won, which he's probably not wrong. If, let's say that happens and he goes to Sports Center, does that is it good for our sport? Does it does it do anything? Does it move the needle any? I it's definitely good for the sport. There's no way it could be bad. I, I mean, getting more eyeballs on it, but. It, it always seems like it takes something like that, though, like a spectacular crash or it's it, I don't know. It's always something like a almost negative, but the story itself is positive, but it's always like a crash that gets all the attention. Exactly. Really. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, all right. Obviously, the question was asked, should McAdoo have raced? Want to hear the guy's thoughts? We'll, we'll listen to that and uh, we'll, then we'll discuss it. Should he have been allowed to ride? Well, we know for one thing, the rules say yes. They only red flagged it because he's on top of the yeah. bridge. He would have been able to get off the track otherwise. And then on the feed, I hear McAdoo pleading his case. Yeah. And I guarantee the only thing he was thinking about is championship. Like, oh, I'm going to, yep. yeah, like, he's just that gritty. I think 90% of riders are like, I want to race. If they can be coherent enough, they want to race, 90% of guys. Yeah, you but know? to be honest, I feel like every rider knows if they should race or not. They're here to help you, not make you not race. Yeah. So just go over there. If yeah. they say you can't race, then you can't race. Right. Clearly the doctors are like, we think you're all here. If he wasn't in the title fight, I don't think he races. I'm not a doctor, obviously, but it just seemed a little rushed to me. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad it all worked out, right? In the end, uh, things worked out for the best, but it didn't seem like there was a lot of precaution being taken there if you have had a head injury or of any kind those moments very soon afterwards you are very vulnerable to long-term damage more vulnerable than ever and and further was he able to get a new helmet for the for the main event i, I don't know if he but but that would have been something else that i would have really wanted to see too yeah but i'm shocked that if you cause the red flag you are allowed to continue 
I hate to say it, but I thought the kid was dead. Oh, yeah, I like, thought he flew I thought it was instant edge. red flag, game yeah, over. me too. I you know what I mean? kept waiting. Like, what are they and waiting then, for? Marks. So, a lot of good points. I am sort of on board with JT where it did feel rushed, right? I mean, okay, yeah, they, they he knew he was coherent enough to know what happened, but you don't really know what's going on internally. Uh, I mean, there could be stuff going on, and let's so – I'm kind of leaning a little more towards JT where – it's, it's it's a little sketchy, I think. A little there, there's a life on the line. Maybe that's dramatic. There could have been stuff wrong that we didn't know about. He could have crashed again. Steve mentioned that, and it could have been really bad. Could have re, you know maybe uh, exaggerated what was already going on. What do you think? Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. It's tough for me to say where I'm at on whether yeah. he should have raced or not. Um, I think everyone has a good point on you know whichever side you're on i think there's a case to be made no matter no matter where you're at on it um i didn't obviously they didn't do like the whole concussion protocol because that involves going back to the truck and and doing all that but then you saw the video of them doing the finger in front of the eyes and and, and all that stuff that made me i didn't even, i didn't even think they did all that you know um mm-hmm. i thought it was it was so rushed so seeing that stuff made you made me feel a little bit better but uh yeah the fact that he that the fact that he did is is gnarly. I'm glad nothing else happened because obviously, you know, who knows what we would be talking about if that were the case. But uh, it, I just like I just like hearing the different takes on it. I won't say where I'm at on it, but okay. I just like hearing the back and forth on I'm on I'm on this side because of this, and I'm yeah. on this side because of that. And I think they did a good job of that. So yeah, and I the the helmet uh, topic were, was yeah. a good, the point was a good point like. We're always told, you know, you take a, a lick to the he- helmet, you don't reuse that helmet. And that was a nasty, nasty hit he took. Uh, that should be like, uh, that uh, That should have been a, an automatic, like, hey, we get you a new helmet thing. Like that, for everyone, and that's not even something I thought of either, but, you know, I'm not also required to. <laughs> the fact that nobody there was like, hey, we let's get you, let's get a, a different helmet, get them a new helmet on. Um, that is kind of like a the, the glaring hole to me once mm-hmm. it was pointed out and like i said it wasn't something i thought of before but once it once it was pointed out i was like oh man that was a so, so everyone dropped the ball on that part for sure i think so uh talent obviously steve and the guys talked about the rules and the rules state in that situation the you know wasn't a staggered restart because they hadn't gotten far enough into the race that he's allowed to race uh and jt's very surprised I mean, what do you think the rule? He thinks the rule is going to change. I think a few people said that that rule is probably going to get changed. He's complained about it for a long time. Uh, man, are you on board with Steve? The rule stupid. It, what, what do you think? I like the rule as it is. Okay. I don't think because it is written in there that if the AMA feels that a rider is intentionally causing it, that that they can not allow him to restart. So there is that in there if if it's obvious. And I don't know. I I don't think. I think the situation was so perfect that McAdoo ended up being relatively okay. And he's in the title hunt where he would even consider lining back up. Cause I think most guys, if you're, if McAdoo, like they said it on the show, if McAdoo's seventh in points, he doesn't go back out there. Yeah. And I, I, I think, think it was just a perfect storm really. Like, I don't think it, I don't think it's anything that happens off often enough to where they really need to change the rule. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with the, uh, the championship thing, if he wasn't in the hunt, he probably would not race. Obviously, that's that. I mean, there's points on the line. He's close, so he went for it, and he uh, he got really, really lucky, obviously. I don't agree with 
I don't know if I'd say don't agree. I think uh, J-Bone saying, Marks, that oh, the riders know if they should race or not. I don't know that I'm fully on board with that. I mean, these guys sometimes, like, they just want to race, and they may not be thinking about what's in their best interest all the time. I don't know if I'm fully on board with that statement. Uh, I think I'm going to agree with you on that one uh, in particular, just because it's always said, uh, not always said, but I think I saw someone say adrenaline is the is the craziest drug in the world. And, and I think there's a point to be made there. Um, you know, adrenaline can mask so many different feelings and, and uh, emotions and physical pain that I don't know if that's fair to say. You, you see it with dirt bike crashes. You see it in, uh, MMA fights, you know, where people have broken or fractured an arm or a leg or, you know, a t- toe, jaw, whatever, and they keep going until, and they're fine until everything kind of slows down and, the, and that adrenaline starts, uh, you know, going out of their system. Um, so yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. I don't know if that's a, a completely fair and accurate statement, but, um, I don't know if it's a hundred percent but uh, I would definitely lean more to your side for sure. Yeah, that was a good point. I mean, that's kind of the point I had with McAdoo. Um, you know, that there could have been other injuries we didn't know about. Like, he just he felt okay at the moment because he, he was hyped up. But it took so long for the race to restart. We even saw him, you know, at the line, right, get off the bike. And, like, he was clearly in pain. I kept waiting for somebody to walk up and like, oh, okay, no, you're out. Because he looked <laughs> right, terrible yeah. by that time. But, uh, man, I don't know. And then just on the other – the other side of us as men that think we're macho and want to be tough, we're like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Even though we know we're not, you know? So I, I don't, like I said, I didn't totally agree with it. Uh, I don't, I definitely th- don't think it's a hundred percent across the board. I mean, maybe some guys know, know when they should and shouldn't race and would be honest. I don't know. Um, but yeah, a lot of heart and, uh, apparently he trains till he throws up. We knew he was a hell of a trainer, that's I don't think that I think that's the first time Talon that I'd heard he goes until he throws up. That's that's pretty gnarly. Yeah, I've heard his dad was a cyclist and you know that he's in really good shape. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's gnarly. Just putting it on the highest level and going as hard as he can till he can't anymore. His, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it shows though because he went from what like a tenth place guy on MCR and now he's battling for the championship. So he's doing something right. He's putting in the effort for sure. He damn sure is. And we had our early race tech rant again, pulp 21. It was early in the show tonight, which, you know, I, I kind of like to build to the race tech rant. That's my favorite segment, but Steve kind of bitched it. Just, we talked about the two different rest- types of restarts and how that affects somebody that causes a red flag. And really the rant came down to though, the fans we're, we're all, or at least I am. A lot of the others are quick to send a message to Steve when something happens. And he said he was getting blown out on social media with people sending screenshots of the wrong rule, and they're just too dumb to know any better. It's fake news. You guys probably heard that in the beginning of the intro, but um, yeah, man, chill down a little bit. I, I probably those probably talent. I've probably done some shit like that too. Said something and not really fully uh, paid attention to what I was sending and made sure I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, and the way it was written, I could see how, I could see how it's misread pretty easily with the A and B because. Yeah, it looks like it's uh, it's under the same restart rule. It's just, you know, a was for a full restart. If it was before three laps, then there was a staggered under B. So I could see how it could be misread. But yeah, it's for Steve. He's getting bombarded with, you know, thousands, not thousands, but, you know, 
bunch of tweets of people saying the same thing. Well, his reaction was great. I loved, I loved the way he said it. Uh, he doesn't give a shit if you're a fan or listener. He's like, hey, don't be stupid. Uh, all right. With Justin Bright in studio all night, uh, which he wouldn't, I don't know if that he was planning on being there all night, but he was. I think, I think Steve said he was supposed to be there for like an hour, but he stayed the whole night. Um, we got a lot of Weege man crush talk and found out, Marks, that, you know, Weege gets there early to the meeting point early, buys himself some Chick fil A, doesn't buy his man crush any food, doesn't ask if he wants any, what he would want. Just, I mean, is that because he's cheap or just because he's not thoughtful? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, that, I, I was just going to say that. I don't know if that's more of a testament to him, uh, you know, his, his, cheapness yeah. um or or maybe his lack of of love for his his buddy there um i don't know which side you want to go more with that i would i would say it's probably more towards the that's just how cheap he is okay uh, and and his brain can't turn that off because had his brain thought maybe i'll buy my buddy justin freaking brayton something or see if he wants something uh, I bet he would have, but I, I'm sure his brain's just so wired to be cheap that it just that that never even crosses his mind. Like he know? couldn't believe he was buying himself Chick Fil A, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Probably not. All right, so this leads me to a question I want to ask both of you guys. We're, we'll go industry wide. Marks, who, if you were going to make a trip like that, you know, you're going to spend a few hours in a car, let's say, who do you who would you who would you want? Who would you pick to drive? from North Carolina to Atlanta for a race and hang out with could be somebody you don't know, somebody you do know, but somebody in the industry. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I wish you'd give me a heads up on that one. Shoot. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I got mine. If on- you need a second. Yeah, go ahead. Tom. Go ahead. Kiefer or Randy Richardson. Can't go wrong with either one of those. You're going to be laughing the whole time. It's going to be a good time. Uh, those uh, Kiefer's who went, I, I thought of, but then, I kind of was like, ah, maybe I'd pick somebody that I don't really know. Like I, like McGrath would be a good one, you know. Um, yeah. so that's not somebody I've really talked to a whole lot. But, yeah, Kiefer is a great pick. You got yours, Marks? That, funny enough, that's the only one that was coming to mind. Okay. Just because I like, I, I like Kiefer so much. He's such a good dude. I feel like, you know, you can talk and, and trade stories or even just listen to his stories, and it wouldn't get – boring i don't think mm-hmm. and obviously we all interact with Kiefer more than the average person so that might be a little bit of a different answer than what other people might give but yeah that was the first the first thing that came to my mind but i was trying not to be too pulp cliche and, and try to think of something different but uh honestly i don't think Kiefer's a, a bad answer at all right or how about somebody like i think like jason anderson would be a good one because i think that guy and i know that he and steve have their their differences but jason seems really fun if you get on his in his group in his click like I, I don't think he's the guy we see in interviews and in, when he's with his buddies so maybe spend a little bit of time with him would be kind of interesting to get to know the real jason anderson i think that'd be kind of cool i've got to spend a, a little bit of time with him at a local race and uh he's i don't know, he has a lot to say when you get him off camera and tell him it's off the record so uh, i i'm gonna go jason anderson that's a good answer. I like that. I always like, dude, honestly, Anderson's in, uh, podium interviews are some of my favorite too. Yeah. Um, like, like he's, he's not up there being a, a robot, which nope. everyone always says, don't, don't, we don't want the robots. We don't, but, and he's always a little loosey goosey in his interviews and can, can make some fun of himself or other people, or even, you know, with his apology. Like he's always just like, 
he just lets it flow, and I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, that's a good word. So, so I, I like that answer too. Uh, okay, I we... his apology, his apology too. Like he, <laughs> he said, you know, sorry for yelling at you. Like I overreacted. I didn't think the move was cool, but I overreacted. Yeah. Like I, I, he he stood firm, but he like you know was still apologetic. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly, exactly. All right, of course we got some Kenny Webb talk. Uh, Kenny Rocks and Cooper Webb, not Kenny Webb. Uh, but uh, look, things turned around for Kenny. Weeds mentioned that the speedways are exposing Webb's uh, weaknesses. Man, I don't know. I kind of get to a point with the show where like that stuff I'm not as interested in Talon. Like I don't, I don't really care about that on the Pulp Next show. Sometimes I just, I like, I like the J uh, JT Steve disagreeing on shit. Like I, I just the basic race stuff. I kind of get bored with a little bit sometimes Talon. I mean, I guess they have to talk about that stuff, but I didn't really care. Yeah. I think it was a good combination. This show was cause they, we're in the JGR studio, so obviously they didn't want to spend too much time just hammering the race. But mm-hmm. with the uh, the events that happened, I mean, they had to touch it on a little bit. But I'm with you. Unless something crazy exciting happens, I would rather just have people shooting the shit. You know, because you get all most of the race coverage from JT Weege and Steve on the review pod. Right, right. Which Steve consistently calls the wrap-up. Have you ever noticed that? Either one of you, like, he said it on yeah. the show. He's like, yeah, we didn't do the wrap-up show. I was like, no, because it's tomorrow night, dude. Right. Yeah. That, <laughs> it, it, it's so minor, but that stuff drives me a little crazy. Yeah. Like, they're, they're very obviously different, and they serve very different purposes. I, I do wish you would you would get it by, by the right name, but that's obviously me being very pedantic. So Yeah, yeah. But, okay, so talking about the Cooper Webb and Kenny Roxon, the one thing that I did take away that I really liked was what Justin Brayton said. And he said this before, and they've talked about it before, but you know, Kenny's kind of had a, a slump. Let's let's call it a slump. It's not really, but he, he hasn't been right where he wants to be. Uh, I have felt like Cooper has been in his head. But Justin's like, look, man, these guys go to work every day and have to compete every single day for their job positions or whatever. Like, I go to work. I don't have to compete with my fellow ditch digger or whatever like oh he, he dug more than i did or faster than i did so i may lose my job these guys are every moment is a competition and when you get second you're considered a failure to the fans sometimes and i mean that has got to be wearing and difficult they are only human as he said i i really appreciate him saying that i think a lot i wish everybody that watches our sport would listen to the pulp show and hear that kind of stuff. And maybe, maybe they would back it down a little bit, probably not on social media and all that. But I think that was a really important thing for him to say. Uh, Talon, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. It is, it's gotta be stressful just competing every day. And then J bone kind of talked on the opposite of that. He said, uh, when he was on the team, when they had a bike issue, he thought, you know, all eyes were on him and right, were, right, right, right. Eyes, but once he stepped out of it, he kind of realized, you know, that, Hey, shit happens. Like they're not. And then when something does happen, they're still focused on the leaders. Like they're not paying attention really to what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. I just, I, I think we all need to, to think about that kind of stuff more before we start complaining about whatever it is we're complaining about, especially with our sport. Uh, and speaking of speedways, marks speedway racing or, Supercross in a speedway, you know what I'm trying to say. The last couple at Atlanta, one more Atlanta, uh, we had Daytona. 
what's the vibe, man? You do not get vibe. that vibe. The vibe. With vibe. Who cares about vibe and fireworks, Dude, you jerk offs, when you can see great racing on a speedway? Marks, what is your vibe with the races at the speedways? <clears throat> um, for me, like, I'm watching it on TV. I'm not there at the race. I'm not there at every race like most of these guys are, like JT and Steve. So, for me, the vibe is fine. Like, on TV, it's almost even better because, and I'll say this is for the night races because the day races do have a different vibe. Yes. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But, but the Speedway itself, I think they're sweet. So far, they've provided really good racing. Uh, Daytona usually does as well. The Atlanta rounds have been really sweet, I think. Um, so, for me, the vibe, sitting at my couch and watching it on TV, has been rad. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, maybe one of these Atlantas every year, at least. You know, okay. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Something, something a little different. I don't think, obviously, it needs to be 17 rounds of it, but I think it's been sweet. Uh, okay, so Travis, I'm going to get your thoughts, or Talon, I'm going to get your thoughts too, and then I'll, I'll say how I feel. Yeah, I'm with Travis. Like, watching it from the couch, I think it's awesome. It's a big track, like a lot of dirt, something that we don't see very often. Mm-hmm. But when I go to Vegas Supercross, it's usually, you know, we have some friends together, and we go and we drink, and it's kind of like a party. You know, like, the racing's cool, but it is about the atmosphere. So I could see it being weird at the at these outdoor tracks where you can't really see the whole track and everyone's kind of spread out. I could see the, the vibe being off a little bit. So, yeah, I, I get the, okay. So my, my take from what you guys are saying is Steve is right to a degree, especially when you're at home watching it on TV, but I totally understand where JT's come from and JB because look, before I was quote unquote industry media, whatever, I couldn't wait to get to the Supercross track. I hated missing opening ceremonies because generally I got to see it one time, maybe twice if they raced in Houston. It's like going to a rock concert, the lasers, the fireworks. It's, it is, it is a vibe. It's like you're, I'm walked in and was like, Oh, you know, when I got there and now it's a little different as media, but I'm not as jaded by it as as Steve is. Cause I haven't been to as many, I still love the, when the music starts and I love when the riders come out and I love the crowd being all the way around in a stadium and being loud, especially when it's full capacity. And when you see the grandstands at Atlanta and they're so spread out and they're so stretched out and you're like, well, those guys, they can't even hardly see the other side of the track from the stands. I agree. It takes, I think it takes away from what Supercross is. It is the show. It's the rock and roll of our sport, uh, I, I do think it takes away a little bit. But I also get what Steve's saying. Really, when it comes down to it, we just want great racing. So I, I, I kind of see both sides, but I'm going to go, I'm going to side with JT and JB the most. So just because I want to. So yeah. All right. Guts, you can do that. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I don't yeah. think, I don't think I'm going to get fired for that. Um, I never know. <laughs> Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael James and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. 
Uh, Talon, poor A-Ray. A-Ray lands on Jason Anderson. Not the first time Jason's been landed on, so I, I definitely uh, can see why he'd be a little fired up. Even, uh, hell, if it was the first time, it's scary, but that's the second time. Uh, much luckier this time. Obviously, we got to get A-Ray on the phone. He's a friend of the show. He's always willing. He's going to be open. And this is what he said. Fuck you. You suck. Fuck you. Like, you're sketchy. Like, you're dangerous. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, sorry, bro. Like, I cross-rutted. Like, <laughs> like, I was like, hey, man, like, my bad, whatever. And he's like, fuck you. You suck. I'm like, well, all right. Like, fuck you, too, then. Well, so Talon, uh, or uh, tra- yeah, Talon, A-Ray was not afraid to tell us what happened. He, uh, Jason was asked in the press conference, and he, he didn't he didn't give us that. No, I, I liked being able to get that little behind the scenes, you know, oh, yeah. what they were actually saying. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, there, I heard the argument that if Jason would have just got on his bike and, you know, went, he would have made the, made the main straight out and not had to go to the LCQ. But I don't know. I did so hard when you're, you're, he, his emotions are so high. He just got landed on and he's angry. Like he hasn't watched the film, obviously. He just knows A-Ray landed on him. And then, like they said, like A Ray is known to be sketchy, so that probably didn't help. You know, no, no, it didn't. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it. It. Jason was in the heat of the moment, and look, had he gotten back on his bike and just taken off, we wouldn't have got that. Marks, we wouldn't have got that quote from A Ray. Right. Yeah, and I obviously he missed it. He missed the main or transferring through the heat to the yeah. main because he was too busy mouthing off and everything, but. Uh, can't be too mad at that because we got some great content on it. I actually I clipped that and, and uh, posted it on the Pulp Show Instagram today, and it's been it's been probably one of the most active posts we've had in quite a while. Nice. Uh, so so everyone hey. everyone loved that, and I knew as soon as he said that when I was listening, I was like, oh, I got I got to get a clip of that and do something with yeah. it for sure. I had uh, Starling on on my fantasy team too, so I was not upset. <laughs> nice. So did, yeah. So did I. So oh, did speaking I. of fantasy, so. I've taken Cade twice this year, once at Arlington 3, where A-Ray took him out right there at the end. Mm-hmm. And then I had him last, or Saturday, what, last Tuesday night, where we Tuesday. got Tuesday night, and A-Ray was coming, and I was like, motherfuck. And in, <laughs> in the chat room, I was like, if A-Ray takes Cade down again, I will f- go and I will kick A-Ray in the dick when I see him next. And so... I got lucky on that one. I hate that A-Ray didn't make it in, but uh, I needed Cade. So, oh, yeah. And, and A-Ray did tell us, I, I don't remember who it was that asked him, but what was said on at, going to the line for the LCQ, and A-Ray said, hey, J-A said, I'm still pissed, not as pissed. So he was already starting to calm down. Again, great insight that we don't get anywhere else, right? You got to come on Pulp, you got to listen to Pulp Mex to get this. Steve gets the good shit, and uh, I, I appreciate it. Look, but Jay, uh, Steve had said on social media, he feels like Jason, this won't happen if Jason had jumped the jumps. People get mad. We've got blame pies on whose fault it is. Here we go. 39% of people thought it was 100% A-Ray's fault and nothing for J.A., but 42% thought it was 75% A-Ray, 25% Jason Anderson. I'm more like 99 and 5 well, that doesn't. That's add, that's that's ninety nine and one. I think that was ninety five and five. Sorry. Yeah, I think that was all a ray on it, but it was a mistake. He didn't do it on purpose. But there's no way Anderson 
did anything except for he didn't jump he the didn't triple. He didn't jump the jump, so. So he wouldn't have got landed on, but still, right. A-Ray shot over there. That happens. But when you don't jump, the, it's a racing incident. Yeah, when you don't racing, jump the jump. The problem came in where A-Ray boner airs to the left. That is that is the catalyst for this whole problem. That's what, so, and I really, okay, when I look at a situation like this, I think you can draw conclusions from any situation. It doesn't have to be this one. It can be two riders, one taking the other out crashes together racing incidents who is the angry one and who is the one that's submissive going man i am just going to shut up here is a race fault mostly absolutely but to say anderson yeah. just desert i mean he didn't do all the jumps I, i'm not saying anderson is completely without fault but, but you said one percent or five percent five five percent oh. a ray boner aired to the left that's what caused this issue which Correct. unfortunately is not uncommon for a ray i don't care who it is ray can- i'm sure jb's the same way Tomac Barsh or whatever, if one of them lands on me and they cross it, I'm yelling at yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. I don't exactly. give a fuck who If it I'm is. A-Ray, I'm like, hey, dude, how about jumping the jump that 99% of the guys have jumped tonight? How about you be able to triple-triple? Well, how about that? How, how about, about just... not jumping hard left? I'm glad that the racers in this room, Brayton, oh, Phil, agree with me. The racers here agree with me. I, I'm, I'm well, all we got to know, it was A-Ray's fault. No, that's it. It was. What are they agreeing with you on? It's racing incident. It is no, racing incident. No, it's A-Ray's it fault. fault. It's A-Ray's fault, 100%. Dude, it was an accident, well, though. I don't understand how you... Racing incident. Phil is not agreeing with like you It sounds like they don't all. agree with you at all, Steve. <laughs> uh, J-Bone does. I agree that it was. he didn't do it on purpose, but I agree it's 100% his fault. It's, it's, I agree with JT on the, it makes it worse that it's A-Ray. Holy shit, Marks. I'm so confused at who agrees with who and who whose side we're on. Uh <sighs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, I love it. Steve's like, yeah, all the racers here agree with me. Doesn't sound like they agree with well, J Bone agrees with me. <laughs> it's not the racers. Uh, that was the best part of that whole thing. I think we knew where that was going from the get go sure. when, when JT said when JT said ninety nine percent and five percent. That, <laughs> yeah. that should have been that should have that should have been a hint right there. So yeah. um so do you, I mean, who do you side with or like, where do you fall? Cause like, I feel, I think during the race on the, on the chat room, I said like 70, 30 on a Ray, but okay. Jason makes a mistake, but does that, does that mistake of writing translate into the, him being responsible for that? He got landed on. I don't, I don't, I don't um, know, man. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, like, like they said, I think it's a racing incident, but what I deduce from it is that there were two things that happened um, for that to, for that crash to happen. Had one of those things not happened, the crash doesn't happen. Yeah. So it does okay. require, it, it does require both of them to make a mistake for that to happen. Right. Sure. If, sure. If, if Anderson triples, it doesn't happen. If a Ray cross rest, that doesn't cross rest, it doesn't happen. So you can still give more of the, more of the blame to a Ray for sure. Uh, I'm fine with whatever percentage you want to give him, but I don't, you know, it could it can be ninety ten, it can be ninety five five. I don't think that's relevant. I just think that you can't give it a hundred percent area. I think, like I said, two things had to happen. Yeah, one from each rider, and so they both, uh, you know, have to take a little bit of it, whether it be five, ten percent, whatever. They take it. They take it regardless. Okay, and for the record, Twitter polls are bullshit. But uh, on <laughs> you a love si- Twitter polls, yeah. On a side they, note, before I go, go before you. I go to Talon, if Jason does the jumps and isn't there. Does A-Ray end up in the parking lot? Because a lot of people felt Probably. like he was headed headed for the parking lot. I don't, I don't know. I need, to, I need to rewatch it. I haven't had a chance to rewatch it. I only got to watch it once in the yeah. replay. Okay. Uh, but I, I need to rewatch it, but I do feel like it had 
had Anderson not been there, it probably would have been a, a gnarly one for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right, Talon, where where do you fall on the percentages? Whose side are you on, if a side at all? I'm definitely leaning more A Ray's fault. Like Anderson made the mistake, but he stayed left and I don't know, anytime you're the rider in front, you kinda of have the right away and I don't know, A Ray he did make a mistake, like obviously he didn't mean to do it on purpose. Yeah. Jumped across the track and landed on him. Like it's definitely majority share his fault. Okay. Well I feel like so far we are failing to meet Steve's expectations from Twitter of us shitting on him. Like we really haven't shit on Steve too much yet. Uh, did you guys see that tweet? Yeah, I, I did. And, um, I'm, I'm trying not to turn myself into any drops here. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave that phrase out of my mouth. Okay. I'm going to do. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, as mentioned, filthy Phil in studio to t- discuss going outdoors with motorsport.com, his deal, he needs a mechanic. Uh, they asked what, or Steve asked JB, what is his potential? JB says top ten every moto. I was I was a little surprised by that. Some top fives, and Steve says no top fives. We just kind of say hey, some podiums. Uh, man, I don't know. I'm a little surprised. How what? You think he's going to get that many top tens? Is he going to be that good? Sorry, yeah, before, yeah. who is this? Who is this about? Filthy Phil. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Sorry. Did you Go missed no, miss, miss a segment? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Talon. He'll definitely be in the top 10, though. Like, I, I think majority of the time you'll find himself in the top 10, and he might have I a hope podium so. right there, but it's definitely – they were right. Like, I think Jay Bowen said, just don't look at the entry list because it's stacked. Like, you'll just psych yourself out if you look at it. But That's what I'm thinking. Jeez. Yeah, he's been a podium guy before. I mean, he's – don't count him out just because he's been in Canada. Dude, I'm buff as shit at the moment. Okay, sorry about that quick pause, but uh, duty calls. My day job got called out to an emergency, so I'm going to have to take a pause. Talon, you, you've you got to go, so we will come back shortly with Marks to finish this thing up. But, Talon, I appreciate you coming on for a little bit and uh, helping me out with the wrap-up show. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Marks, I'll call you back shortly, and we'll get back into this thing. Sounds good. Talk soon. All right. I have no weaknesses. <laughs> no, no weaknesses. Well, we're back. Minus one. Talon has gone off to do, and I don't know, Marks, what are you going? He's going to mountain bike ride or something, right? Yeah, something like that. And I saw a Clippy Clippy. From, yeah. <laughs> Not, he, he wanted an out, and he got it. He got it. I mean, if part of it was obviously my fault. I we, We're having a storm again, and a huge oak tree fell across the road and into some power lines, and I, I'm on call, so I had to go. Try to take care of it. Thankfully, we're going to wait yeah. till tomorrow. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, that would have been about a three-hour job, and then not in the dark in the rain had I uh, had to actually deal with it tonight. We just blocked it off. We're ready to go. We're going to get back to the wrap-up show because we're dedicated, Marks. Heck yeah, Dude. we don't we don't stop for nothing. No man, as I told you, I got up at five a.m. this morning to start pulling <laughs> some audio because last week I was like, ah, oh, there probably won't be any audio next week. I'm not going to have time, but I just I couldn't I couldn't do it, man. I had to. Had to give the uh, the listeners the solid gold that is the wrap up show with the audio, and I and I want the record to be known that I told you that you were an overachiever and it was unnecessary. So yeah, funny yeah. enough, that's what Weech told me. I think at Arlington, at Arlington, and he told Steve like he's like, "Hey, Dark Side, if you cut it back like ten percent, Steve would never know." Right, <laughs> and it would make your life so much easier. It probably would. It probably would, but. 
I'm trying to do the best I can. You know, Steve, as he always says, is trying to make get me to greatness. I mean, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm struggling to get there apparently. But hey, we were talking about Phil and uh, you know how he was going to do outdoors. The most exciting—I don't know if this is the most exciting thing, but an exciting mo- thing about uh, Phil racing outdoors is we're going to have the Motorsport.com weekly Monday check-in every Monday night. That could get really, really good with him not wanting to do it, him having a bad weekend and being grouchy. There is no telling what we're going to get. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for anything, Phil, uh, especially if he's a little bit grumpy. I, I find it quite entertaining. So give me that every every Monday. Yeah. Yep. And And hopefully we get some of the – uh, maybe someone will piss him off and he'll yell at someone and we'll get more of that, like a Ray Anderson, uh, info, you know, we're like, Oh, what did, what did you actually say to him? Hopefully yeah, we get some of that. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, let's get to the segments. I, I talk about this every week. I ask everybody their favorite segments. I, I may have asked you in the past on one of these, do you have a favorite segment that you always look forward to or one that, uh, or maybe tell me when you don't like, do you have a segment you don't enjoy? Don't look forward to it's too much pain in the ass, too many complaints. I don't know. That is, uh, that's a good question. I don't, and sometimes I don't, sometimes the tweets don't do it for me. Okay. Uh, um, and that's highly dependent on the questions that, that we get, obviously. If um, talent picks the good ones or not. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Uh, honestly, ones, I think what the best ones the best ones yeah yeah uh if you would if you would just stick to my theory of picking the ones with the funny names i feel like it would <laughs> it would go better Steve didn't like that I, yeah i know i'm kidding but in all seriousness like so, sometimes the tweets are um things that we've talked about and things that you know we get a, a million of the same question yeah um people don't people don't look at the replies at all stuff like that. And it kind of, it kind of makes it tough to wade through the, the junk to find the good ones. And then when you do get some good ones, they're few and far between. Um, and that's not always the case. Some weeks are better than others, but obviously it's highly dependent on what we get. So, but yeah, I would say that's the most hit or miss one for me. Okay. Um, so with I, I tweets, brands are usually pretty good, but yeah. And that's what we're actually about to talk about, but what you brought up a question or something I want to question when it comes to the tweets, when you were doing them, and and with how you may know how Talon does it, do you look at them say before showtime and screenshot the ones you like, or do you try to do it right like as it's coming up and just do it live? Do you, how do you uh, prepare for the motorsport tweets? How did you? Um, yeah, I, I, and it's Talon has told me how he does his too, and I can't remember exactly. But what I would do is I would wait until second commercial, and I would go through and read them all one more time and, and screenshot any, because I, you know, we get a few like during the show sometimes. Right, right. Um, that's, a, that's a couple extra hours of, of questions that we can get. Sure. But obviously, like if I see some during the day, you can get a good chunk of them during the day um, as they come in, and I'll just screenshot them as they come in. Okay. And, then, and that way, I try to keep them all in order, so like when I go in my photos, they're all right there, and I can just go one to one. And I'm not trying to like scroll through the actual tweets and try to remember which ones or exactly, yeah, you know, stuff like that. You could even like them so that you can go in the like list, um, but but sometimes that gets messed up too. So screenshot worked for me. Okay, and speaking of that kind of stuff, you know, I'm in the the YouTube chat pretty much every week, and people are submitting questions. They're like, Steve, tell them this or. 
Steve really doesn't see that, right? He's not looking at YouTube. I know you are sometimes, and Talon mm-hmm. or Tits may be, but Steve's not really keeping track of YouTube, Facebook, chat rooms. No, no, he doesn't. He's got uh, – I feel like he's even mentioned um, off-air that sometimes he thinks he should just so he can kind of see what's going on, but I think it would distract him, especially with, like, like with the delay. It's not like he can see in live – Oh yeah, um, yeah. What's going on? So I feel like I told him I was like I think that would mess you up a little bit. But as far as like the comments and stuff go on YouTube and Facebook, if I I read them for the most part, like I'm kind of <clears throat> watching what people are saying and I'll relay messages and stuff. Um, if if I see a question on there that I think is good, I'll I'll send it over to Steve and Slack. Um, and Talon and has done it too uh, from time to time. There have been a couple times where he even mentions it on air or asks a question. Um, uh, it's not often, and obviously it's not. I'm not constantly looking for stuff to send him from there. But if I see something good, I'll send it over. Okay, yeah, I know he's. I know he's asked like, how how's the chat room tonight, or what are they saying yeah. in the chat room? Yeah, uh, yeah. And you mentioned the X brand tear offs. Moser that nobody knows submits <laughs> those questions. Does he submit those questions to Steve's text email? Uh, do does he sit, uh, submit a particular number every week? How is that regulated, or is there it's just kind of whatever he wants? <clears throat> so Steve will just tell him in the morning. Um, you know, this is who they're for. Give me give me questions for. Obviously, it's always for him, um, and then two other people. A lot of times, JT. And then like uh, whoever's in studio, but he'll send them. And then when he gets them done, he'll just send them to my email. Um, you know, usually right around the time that the show is starting or, or soon after he just sends them straight to me. And it's just three questions per person. Okay. Like for last night's show, we didn't even have any for Steve, but we did three questions for the four other people. There was Weege, uh, Brayton, j-bone and phil yeah so so we just we just skipped uh steve because that was already 12 questions you know three for for the four people so we we left him out that time okay cool i've never actually noticed that there was three each i guess i've never put it all together well during the and and funny enough like sorry to no you're good uh, but last night he only sent questions for i think it was weege and j-bone maybe okay It was Weege and Brayton, I think. So me and Swisscore had to had to come up with the ones for Jaylen and, and Phil, like as the show <laughs> was going. Nice behind so the scenes. Ones, see, there you go. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Well, during the intro to the X Brand uh, tear off segment, as Steve's reading reading the copy for about the third time in the night, Jaylen's like, "Man, do, do you have to do like all these?" He just didn't like all the sponsor <laughs> reads. Way too many sponsor reads. Which I thought was kind of funny, considering a big part of J Bone's job at JGR was helping. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, con- not concur. Uh, gather, gather yeah. sponsors. Yeah. And even Steve even said uh, he said this. Nobody's bikes had more logos than JGRs. Nobody's bikes had more logos than JGRs, which is funny for this particular topic, but it's also. It saves me a little bit with my berm lords. Nobody has more. You heard it from Steve. Nobody's bikes had more logos than JGR. But were you oh a little surprised that he he did that like three times? J Bone. Yeah, I was. Like I know J Bone's not a, not typically, depending on the topic, afraid to to voice his opinion. If, if yeah. it's something he feels like he can, then he definitely will. 
Um, but it, it's, it was a little striking that that one stood out to him so much that that one got him. And obviously there's probably something there to be said for the average listener. Um, you know, what they're hearing. I, I bet that there's some, some reflection to do as far as that goes, if you wanted to take what J bone said, but uh, yeah. it was, it was interesting to hear that. And obviously that's what pays the bills and that's what makes the show, uh, show run. So it's not going to go anywhere, but um, it was, it was an interesting take for someone from someone that doesn't probably listen all the time. Yeah. I would have really like expected that type of thought process or comment from say filthy right. or somebody that would just be getting annoyed as as opposed to the business guy side of J bone, who's dealing with that stuff. And yeah, you Steve even said it. And I think it might be in the audio that I put at the intro where he's like, cause they pay me like they're, they're paying right. for this. They're making the show go around, which J bone knows that, but it was, it was, it was made me laugh a few times with like, this is a bit much. <laughs> so, which I get <laughs> it. You know, very, he was very perturbed. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was, it was weird to hear him say that, you know, like, and like you guys said with him, running the team and, and gathering sponsors and you would think he would understand uh, a little bit more. Maybe he was playing it up for the show a little bit. Who knows? But I don't, it seemed pretty genuine to me. I thought so too. It def- definitely did. Hey, you know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp Mech show. And I'm excited to tell you about Michelin bicycle tires as a proud sponsor of the Pulp Mech wrap up show in 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram. We love Randy. We love Michelin. Uh, all right, so we got a few more things to talk about, Mark, before we get this thing wrapped up. Um, I don't have a lot of notes on Seth Rarick. Seth Rowe, uh, he comes in. I, I dig the guy. I, I like what he does. Uh, I like his input, but I didn't really just take a lot of notes on him. But I have, have become a pretty big fan of him since his uh, sound check and him being on the wrap-up show last week. Dude's really a cool guy. Yeah, I agree. I always like when Seth's on, and um, it, it was. I would say that was probably part of the show that I missed the most of i just okay kind of kind of multitasking and, and trying to do probably tired? too much um yeah, yeah i was tired for sure i'm tired um, of shit right now i was supposed to say that at the beginning <laughs> of the show and i forgot but i'm tired yeah you texted us before the show and I, I, we, we said to make sure you say that at the beginning but yeah uh, and i forgot but regardless Steve, i get it uh yeah, yeah the, i forgot because i'm tired yeah um but no back to back to Seth. yeah i, I really like seth's input i liked his input on the wrap-up show uh, last last week it was right. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. I always enjoy when he's on. I enjoy his insight to things, and I think he's well spoken. He's got interesting things to say, and 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 he's always just super chill. So that's a that's a bonus for sure. It would be cool to get him back in studio. I think because he mentioned that he hasn't been in at Steve's new house, so that means he's been it's been a couple of years since he's been in yeah. studio. So I, yeah, I think it'd be cool to get him in. Maybe he can come in and. When we do my sound check, he can be in studio for that. Well, I'll be. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> some, another thing that surprised me, and I think Talon mentioned it earlier. It might have been you, but that J Bone took his kids to like the first Supercross, his first Supercross as a viewer, right at Daytona. And he he didn't. I don't know. He he didn't seem like he was super stoked on uh, the view. He'd rather be in the pits and with the with the teams. I think. But uh, that was. I I thought that 
was kind of a surprise that he had never been to one as a spectator. Yeah, it is surprising, right? Like you, you would think, but then again, you, been that just shows the, right. That just yeah. shows the You don't think about it, but yeah, they they don't know that side of it. Like they know the work side of it. They're just they're working all the time. They don't yeah. really know what it's like. Um, so it was interesting to hear that. There's probably not a ton of people that. I mean, there's probably a handful, but not that you would hear on the Pulp Show. Um, they would get that side side of things from them, like that they've been working in the industry the whole time and they've never just gone and just just watched. You know, it's probably it's probably not super common. Um, so it's interesting to hear their takes. Absolutely, yeah, very, very, very. Uh, just again, like not something we think about. Uh, Steve complimented Ju- uh, Justin Brayton. Excuse me, Justin Brayton about his. Being, being good in the booth, right? He's been on Race Day Live, like, seems like every week now for weeks and weeks. Well, since he got hurt at Arlington, and he is really good. And, and I, I want to give a shout-out to a listener, Steve Hall, who sent me some notes. And uh, he was he was a little surprised that Steve just gave anybody a compliment, really. But he, he gave a compliment to JB. But I think Steve's pretty good about complimenting uh, pretty much everybody but, like, me, maybe, and maybe you a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a little funny. You have to laugh at it, right? Sure. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Ha ha. <laughs> it uh, he does he does give dues. I think when they're warranted, you know, he's even for as much crap as he gives Feld uh, for all the stuff that he feels they could improve on. He's given them props for you know, like last year for getting those series done and and finding a way to make it work and kind of the same thing with this year. Um, and I think that just goes to show even like stuff with riders that don't like him, he's not afraid to give props when they're, when they're due. So, yeah. And, and I think Brayton's time in the booth has definitely been warranted to give some praise. So, um, yeah, it, it's cool. To, it's always cool to hear him do that rather than just busting people's balls all the time. Yeah, but I will, I'll take the, the ball busting as a, uh, badge of honor a little bit. Cause I think if he really, <laughs> really didn't like me, he would just not say shit. So, no, for but, sure. But yeah, yeah uh, again, thanks to Steve Hall. He he sent me a bunch of timestamps and notes the last couple of weeks, like Nick does uh, for the Moto Limited show. So I appreciate anybody that helps me out, especially on the weeks when there's a Tuesday race and there's so limited time to get everything together. So thanks, guys. Uh, all right, motorsport.com. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. We talked about the Motorsport tweets a little bit and quit, you know how that's not always your favorite segment. Uh, during the tweets, we, we got the little hint that the, they got the best RV story of all time or whatever while they're in the press box, but they can't tell us about it. So that was, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's nice. We, we appreciate that kind of shit, Steve. Gosh. <laughs> the worst, isn't do you it? Think, like, do you think that's calculated or it's just sort of he thought about it and then he's like, well, I can't really talk about it. Like, or is it calculated? Like, I, I'm going to mention this. Um, it, it's tough to say. I feel like it, it comes out so naturally. Like, and I feel like I did it earlier, right? Like I did it with yeah, the, you did. the manager thing. Like you, you want to say that, you know, it's not just to say that, that, you know, like you don't, I didn't do it because I don't, I don't, 
I don't really care. Like, I'm not trying to be part of the cool kids club, but okay. I was just explaining Steve's side where like, this is why that part about J bone. Um, I don't remember what he said, but for Steve, I bet it's probably half and half. Like he probably does it a little bit for, you know, call it clickbait or whatever you want to do it. Like get people talking. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But I, I bet there are times where he's just, it, it just comes out naturally. And then he's just like, ah, shit probably shouldn't probably shouldn't say anything so. yeah i would think that's probably more like if we're gonna have a, a percent pie again i'd say 95 or like 99 5 99 to 5 percent that <laughs> that steve it, it comes out naturally because i think the show is not like super scripted i know he has a couple high points he might want to touch on but it's just your, your buddy's bench racing, right? And he starts talking, right. and I think he he catches himself. Probably like, okay. Well, I can't talk about this. I think yeah. I would think that very little of it is actually like you know he's gonna he does it on purpose. Yeah, I would probably say that. I don't. I would say it's probably a little more than what I'm gathering. You think it is, but okay. I, I wouldn't say. I would say it's less than fifty still. Okay. Sure. All right. Fair enough. Uh, what do you think about? So we had a uh, question midweek races. And no triple crown, or no midweek races, and triple crowns are back. Uh, yeah. So, what do you think? Uh, future headlines. Oh, man, ish. It wasn't really future headlines, but it was presented that way. See, I'm, I must have missed this question. On the okay, this is towards the end, obviously. Um, let's go. I think I like the midweek races, dude. Honestly. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I didn't write down the results of what the guys were saying, but I think it was kind of split. Um, I'm a little torn. I, I do like the triple crowns. I know JB said he like he thought the triple crowns were pretty exciting when he was at home watching mm-hmm. them. Uh, I like the midweek races a lot. And I think that was the sentiment or yeah, sentiment mostly on the show Monday night or last night, but it does really screw up my work schedule, my show schedule, and I, you know Steve complained that I talked about that last week, so I won't get into it again. Right. <laughs> but it throws everything off with this stuff. But when it comes to just enjoying the races as a fan, I love the Tuesday races. Yeah, and I, I get that. It, it does like being in the middle of the week. It does kind of throw people's schedules off. I'm sure it's not just you. I would, right. I, I would venture to guess that there's a lot of people that that, that happens to. And we see it with fantasy. We see, especially, you know, starting at seven on the East Coast and four on the West Coast, and we get people, you know, complaining because they missed teams. They forgot there was a Tuesday race. They oh yeah, start yeah. early, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So, so we get a little bit of that. But, uh, and I, I've really, I've really liked having three races in a week. It's, it's been sweet. And then, you know, we go those those weeks where we have weeks off, uh, especially this latest one where we had two weeks off. It was freaking brutal right right but, right uh, yeah and i'm sure that's just uh compounded by having three races in a week um a couple times this year but yeah i've really liked i really like the tuesday it kind of like breaks up the week a little bit like it does you have a saturday race you have a race on tuesday and then like you're like pumped for the race and the race is over and then you only have a couple days of work left you know exactly so. yeah good point i like that that's good thinking so you you had mentioned that you missed a little bit of the show uh did you hear them talking about Greco being the first person to jump over the hump that Kenny was doing and Cooper was doing, and they and it kind of got brought up during the race in that little left right. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah, heard- I did hear I did I did hear 
I heard bits and pieces. I definitely heard him talk about Greco being the first one. Okay, yeah. Ken, I, I thought it was pretty entertaining that JB and Kenny were talking about it, and Ken said, oh, well, maybe I should give him my bonus, and <laughs> JB said that would ruin – $100,000 would ruin his life. And I'm just right, thinking yeah. $100,000 win bonus. Holy yeah. shit. Oh. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about, man. It's, it is. It's, uh, they earn it, but God, when you're a working Joe, man, woof. Yeah. No, I know. Just a couple wins by, <clears throat> and not obviously it's just the top guys getting that, that $100,000 bonus, but man, a couple of those a year and you're already making two, three, four, five hundred thousand $500,000 a year just off your win bonuses. And that's not even, your salary. that's just from, yeah, that's just from the manufacturer or whatever, yeah. you know, that's not even your salary or anything. Man, what a, what a life. It, it certainly seems like that from our side of it, but, uh, yeah, uh, I don't even want to keep dwelling on it. So we 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 talked about a second ago the 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 stories and Steve hinting at things and then not telling us and whether it was calculated or whatever. I can play this game too, Marks. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Phil, filthy Phil, he had a little bit of a rant about Todd Harris messing up the names Justin Justin Anderson. Uh, he says things need to change. That's what Phil said. Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay. Well. Maybe maybe they are about to change. That's all I'm going to say. Oh. Maybe they are about to change. Oh, you're just dangling the bait out there. I yeah, like that. Yeah, they, they might, yeah. You might be surprised here in just a little, you know, another week or two or so. Can I get a, can I get a text after this? No, you can't. Unbelievable. Uh, I might just be making shit up. Who knows? Unbelievable. This is ridiculous. Uh, okay. All right. So that's, anyway. That's funny, though. That's well played. I don't care if it's true or not. Right, I like, right. I like your style. Now, listen, okay, Steve defended Todd, and Todd does a good job. I have zero issues, honestly, with any of the announcers in Supercross right now. I am with Steve. I'm just watching the race. I'm really not paying that much attention. I mean, I did hear the the thing that got me was he said it a few times, Uh I think two or three times. That's a little bad. It's kind of bad. But for the most part, the guys, they're doing a good job. Like, look, I'm sitting here doing the show, and there's probably 75 ums throughout this show. I can't do what they do. Right? I, I don't think I could with training. I don't. I don't know. It's difficult. They're they're killing it, man. Fuck you guys if you have any complaints about the. I, I have no issues complaining about the fact that we're missing racing while they're showing dumb shit. Right. But the commentating, Ricky's come a long way. I agree with Steve. It's fine. Watch the damn race. Yeah. Yeah. Even, it's tough. Like, yeah. uh, and I. I don't even. I've caught myself a few times just on this wrap up show where I've stumbled on my words a little bit and you definitely, it definitely gets in your head a little, Yeah, you you do it once and you start thinking about it and it kind of, uh, just exaggerates it and makes it worse. And then you keep doing it. But, uh, I definitely couldn't do it for the whole show. And I, I even do it on the pulp show, you know, like it's not easy. And I, I think I focus on it more now than I used to, and maybe that's made it worse. I don't know. Well, I guarantee I don't, it. I don't go back. I don't go back and listen to how I used to be on the show. You know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try to be. I try to be conscious of it, but it's <clears throat> it's not easy. And I get that they wanted. I get people wanting the broadcast to be good. I get that, and um, you know, maybe messing up the same name a few times. You know, there's probably a, a little work to be done there. But I mean, overall, that's that's probably my least, uh, my smallest qualm with the broadcast, you know, like, like you said, with the the changing of showing stuff that doesn't matter in the middle of a battle, going to, 
you know, stuff that happened last week with a week to go, or I'm sorry, with a lap to go. Yes. I just did it there. Not um, not showing third, fourth, fifth after the leader crosses the finish line. Oh, it drives me nuts. Like, like LCQ, there's a battle for fourth, and the winner crosses the line, and, and that's, that's it. That's all we yep, get. Like, yeah. Those are legitimate complaints, I think. He also, I just remembered, he called Adam into nap, Aaron into nap. Cause He's I re- done that a couple times, yeah. not even just on Tuesday, but okay. like in previous races. Maybe that's uh, where I saw it then, but I remember on the chat room, I was like, hey, it's A-A-Ron into nap, but yeah. So, he's, but done, again, he's done it a few times, yeah, I get it. But And as you said, and I'll say this, like with my show that I'm not going to name, I feel like I do pretty good. But on this show, because I feel like I'm under the microscope a little bit of Steve and how he likes to bust my balls and then I get shit on by the listeners. It makes it worse. I'm thinking about it the whole time. Like every time I say, um, or I'm looking at my notes, I'm like, fuck, they're going to, you know, I'm going to get yelled at for this or something. So it, it makes it more difficult because these guys have, you know, millions of people on social media telling them they suck. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. I, I, I sit at a computer and don't talk to people all day. So like, <laughs> sure, sure. I feel like I kind of, that's my out. I'm like, ah, I don't do this. This isn't my thing. Don't get, don't get on me about my public speaking, you know, but, right, uh, right, right. so maybe that's where people are coming from. Like, Hey, this is your job. It, it should be better, but you gotta, I feel like you gotta give everyone a little bit of slack no Dude, matter what. As JB said, we're human. We make mistakes. You're right. It's yeah. yeah. Get over it. And I know we're kind of way off topic of the pulp stuff, but, uh, nah, that's all right. yeah, I think so too. Uh, okay. <laughs> another question that was, proposed uh over under throat slits in 24 motos and i thought everybody was pretty fucking low j bone says two seth seth said 10 uh justin brayton he's just said it's it's going to be low to which phil said i've matured i want to get your thoughts (laughs) man uh those numbers i feel like those numbers are low like if we take maybe if he's only taking the motos but i'm thinking and somebody mentioned this like qualifying that's when they're going to come in. But yeah. What, give me a number. Who and who's who are you closest to? Man, if, if you go at least if you go even just one per per session, yeah. which I don't feel like is out of the realm of possibility. You're, you're at twelve. Right? Exactly. Exactly, so. and I feel like it could be more than that easily. <laughs> like it could be in practice, and it could be in each moto. You could have three in a day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got you got a few sessions there to get at least one in. So I feel like uh, I feel like. You know, I'm pushing 20 at least. Oh, I can't wait for the Monday check-ins. It's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I love Phil. Okay, we're about to wrap this thing up. I want to thank all of our sponsors, Motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, as well as all the other Pulpamex sponsors. If you guys know them all, go to PulpamexShow.com, click on the Sponsored Deals tab. Uh, there are discount codes, there are links, and when you can't find one, send an email, contacts at pulpmexshow.com. Steve will help you out as much as he can. And speaking of that, I just, I'm sitting here looking, I have some R Jerky sitting here in front of me. They are a sponsor of Pulpmex Fantasy. And I'm just, if you guys are listening to the wrap-up show, send me an email, darkside at pulpmex.com. The first one that sends me an email, I'm going to send you a package of R Jerky. Why not? They're not a sponsor of the wrap-up show, but... The Wageman I'm brothers. gonna email you right now. Thank okay, you. yeah, you're you're not you're not eligible. Uh, third caller, <laughs> third, legitimately good. Though. Third, like, yeah, it's, it's so it's good. Really so good. why not? I'll send you guys. Yeah, just send me an email. Darkside at pulpmex.com. I'll get you guys some art jerky. Um, before we wrap this up, last thing I want to touch on: we found out that Coy Gibbs 
We're going to go out with this, so you don't have to even comment if you don't want to. But we found out that Coy Gibbs wanted to have like a thank you party for with all the writers that have ever been about part of JGR. Uh, he kind of at the time wasn't thinking about COVID. He was just excited. Who knows if this party is going to ever happen? But I guess I will ask you. There's a long list of writers. This thing would be a hell of a party to be at. Yeah, I, and I, the I, I like the part where they keep going on on trying to think of who wrote well for JGR. That's what we're going to go out with. I cu- I I cut it all up so it's not 20 minutes long. I have the audio with everyone <laughs> they named. We will close out with that, but um, that would be a fun party to go to. I think that man, it'd be a lot of people. Oh, there'd be a lot of people, a lot of very entertaining people, um, and, and I'm sure JGR probably knows how to throw a party. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. would do it right. So that'd yep. be sweet for sure. All right, Marks, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Before I let you go, anything you want to say or uh, any sponsors you want to thank? Uh, who am I brought to you by? I'm I'm sponsored by Michelin tonight. Yep. Sweet, perfect. Because I love Michelin and I love Randy Richardson. Randy's the best. And uh, I did a backflip thanks to him. So oh my I god, think, I'm so jealous. You got to go to I think, uh, that, I think that works. That works nicely. I'll, I'll be Michelin for life for sure. So thank so you, to Michelin. Jealous that you got to go to TP's place, man. <laughs> okay, well that's it for us. That's a wrap. Hang tight for just a few more minutes. Uh, listen to this last piece of audio about the JGR party. We are out. I can't wait to see this party where all the riders get invited. And there's just 600 people here that have ridden for JGR all waiting around. Be fantastic. That's going to be quite the, the yep. wild goose chase to find the yep. to find the phone number. Christian uh, Craig's got to come. He was on the team. Yeah, Hanny. Hanny. Come on back, Hanny. Hanny's got to go. He's original. He's, yeah, OG. He's yeah. original. Paluzzi wrote really? for JGR. That's Is probably it, the most random one. What about Borky? Oh, Borky. 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 Holy Hagen. shit. Yeah. Gavin. One race. Freeze. Gavin. Gavin. One race. Gavin. Gavin Faith. Gavin, Gavin Grasick. Nathan Ramsey. We'll call Nate Dog. Ramsey. Yeah. Call Travis Preston. Ben Boys. LeMay. We said Chiz. KP twice. Suzuki. Jimmy, Jimmy D. D. Troll. Shags. Enzo. And Neil Sapp. the other hill? Barsha. Stu. Summy. Oh, Malcolm. Welcome. Chad Reed. Chad Reed. Weimer. 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 Tickle. <laughs> Tickle. That's why I remember Craig. For sure, Borkenhagen and Paluzzi are tied for <laughs> the guys yeah. that you never remember wrote for JGR. Yeah. Pike. We never mentioned Pike, actually. Cody Cooper. Cody wow. Cooper. Oh, yes. so sorry. <laughs> we got one. Les Smith. Holy <laughs> shit. There's way more than I thought. Way more than I thought. Why would you want to talk, re-talk about the Pulp Show? Say, oh.